the first improvement of each meal would be by giving more of what is good. I ended up, I can't even believe I'm gonna say this on camera. In order to love your body, you need to hate it first. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the podcast in partnership with Najahi Events. Now, personal trainers are to a penny in many places. There's many of them like in every industry that aren't very good. But Ronan Diego D'Oliviera is the health and fitness coach for Mind Valley, And they've been here in the UAE over the course of the last few days. Now, I sat down with Ronan because I really wanted to understand intermittent fasting and some traumas that I'd experienced along the way and the impact they would have on my ability to shed even more weight and cut that craving for a Saturday afternoon ice cream. You may laugh, but there's some deep meaning behind that. So please join me on this episode and listen to me chatting with a really super cool guy that knows everything you need to know about how you get your body into the peak shape, you perform in the peak way, and you use different tools and strategies to help you get that body shape and definition that you want. And lastly, thank you to Najahi Events, who have been sponsoring us now on the podcast for over a year. Najahi bring motivational speakers to the region to help inspire, educate, and motivate you to achieve better success and live a better life. Ronan, thanks for coming to join us on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Spencer. I'm happy to be here. So I love Brazil. I love Brazilians. I've got a real warm place in my heart. So hopefully we'll have a great conversation today. Absolutely. We're here in Mind Valley. Tell me about your experience with Mind Valley. Mind Valley for me, you know, the, the first time I heard about Mind Valley was a university student. I was a volunteer of an organization that is the largest student run organization in the world. And, uh, and then you would travel for other countries um, for conferences. And I was in a conference in Russia in 2012. And that was a guy giving a speech there talking about to, the, to all those young people, you're all brilliant minds. You guys need to work for human plus companies. You can all you spend a waste of your talent working for companies like Coke or Pepsi because they are breaking human and they are both the main sponsors of the event, right? And he was there bashing this guy. Oh, this guy is like, he has... The, the, the courage is brave. He didn't know that the, the, these companies were sponsoring the event, but then he called everybody attention. The name of the guy is Vishen Lakiani. It's the founder of Mind Valley. When we ah, there's a guy, there's a forward thinking guy. I wanna I wanna connect with him. Whatever it takes. If I'm if I need to work for him, I'll work for him. And then I apply to work for Mind Valley. And I got selected and I realized, hey, uh, Mind Valley is in the headquarters are in Malaysia. Looks like I'm moving. Then I moved to 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 Malaysia. I stayed working with Vision for some time. I left uh, Mind Valley, but at the time I was an athlete and that I was helping people with my hobbies there, well, eating, training. And, and Vision was one of them. Their friends were bringing other friends, and then I started needed to I needed to do a little online challenge to to be able to of support a group of people. And one day she said, what about we invite the community of Mind Valley for one of these online challenges that you have or something on intermittent fasting? I said, okay, let's do it. 
10,000 people came. And then that, wow. that create a whole connection with the Mind Valley community, you know, and then I, I come to an event like this, there are different things that play in my mind. There's the whole story. Ah, the, the way I started there as, as an employee and, and, and how things grew and the amount of gratitude that I have for, for this company. That doesn't feel like a company to me. It feels like a, it's a garden of the souls. You know, things, things go to Mind Valley, start growing. Their potential start to expand. That's what happened to me. That's happened to everybody that I know. I met in, in, this, in this community. I met my best friends that I have in my life, people who are brothers and sisters to me. I met the woman who is now my, my wife. I met my, my mentors. It feels like it is in a culture. So, but it is, it is, it, there's a lot of, I have a lot of gratitude. I feel very uh, privileged and lucky to be, to have known this, the community, to be able to play a role there, to come to an event, to share things that are important to me. And there are 2,000 people saying, we're going to hold space for you. Everybody will sit. You know, we said, remain silent so you can be the only person expressing yourself. It's a big honor. It's a big privilege. So, like, high just full. That's a really nice way of describing it. Yeah. It's a really nice way. It made, made, made me, me feel part in that way of, of that journey. There. Yeah, because, you know, when, when you go to, to an event like this, you go to an event, we're having now a weekend, there's the Mind Valley Live, and there's 2,000 people here watching. When I go to an event, sometimes we think, ah, I'm going to have the privilege of seeing somebody speaking, seeing that guy speaking. That's not like that. It's the guy who is speaking who has the privilege because there's 2,000 people saying, we agree of remaining silent so that we can give you the chance of expressing yourself. That guy. Is the is the one in privilege? That's the guy that, that needs to honor this space. You know what? That's a really important thing to say, and that's something that a lot of people that get the the, the privilege and the benefit of being able to go up on stage in front of two thousand people. A lot of the time, they don't recognize this, but it's something they need to appreciate a lot more than they do. I think they become sometimes blasé about it, and that is the absolute privilege. Two thousand people have said, "Yeah, I'm going to put my phone down. Yeah, I'm going to listen to you." Okay, I'm going to give you my valuable time. And everybody will do this together so you will be the only person expressing yourself. But the, my goodness, that is one of the biggest honors we can receive. And to me, my commitment every time is because I, 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 my commitment is to go within, find the most precious thing that I have and put it out because that is the minimum I can do for, for this privilege. That's really valuable, isn't it? That's a lot. So many people don't recognize that. I really appreciate you saying that. Okay, Ronan, tell us, tell us what you do for a living. I work with um, people's bodies. That, that, that to me is another privilege. You know, we say that the body is the temple of the soul. And I, uh, I work with health transformation, fitness transformation. So I, I, people give me the space of receiving ideas from me to work with the thing that, that they have that is the most precious in life, that is their, their health and, and their bodies. And lots of times I have online programs. I also work sometimes individually with people, groups of people and things like that. And the idea is that people come and say, I want to lose weight, right? I want to, or they give me a picture, Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, can you please give me that, right? This is usually how this starts. And I think there's a lot of influence uh, the fitness industry, uh, the fitness, the, the narrative is like, this body is better than yours. So you've got to fix yours. No? And for you to fix, 
Yeah, you can, you can get there, but it needs you know in order to love your body, you need to hate it first. Yeah, and then people get lost in that journey. Some people check out and say the body is not my game. I live in my head, so I don't take care of you know I despise the thing until illness come later in life and they get desperate. And there are the people who get obsessed with the body. Say, oh, I'm gonna play that game. I don't feel beautiful enough. I don't feel confident enough. And I look at my body and say, give me that. So I do a lot. I a lot of obsessive training and diet. None of these people get satisfied at the end. All, all, the, all of them, they experience this connection with the body. And, and the fitness industry is the one that is fitting a lot of So what I like to do is using all the knowledge on health and fitness. I'm, I'm a very good student. I go into scientific studies and I study a lot. But to create, to use fitness as a way of connecting people with their bodies. Not to use fitness turn your body in what you want it to be. But what if you could use fitness for the body to become what it wants to become in its own form? Can you use fitness to accept your body instead of punish, celebrate what it can do? And so that's the, that's the, the whole idea. And then the end result is people getting in the best state of health they can have, feeling great about their bodies, feeling in great shape as well. But not because it's a condition to their self-worth, but because it's a byproduct of a lifestyle that is about taking care and honoring the, the body. And you work with intermittent fasting. That's one of the things that... T talk to me about that. Yeah. I, uh, maybe, maybe we'll have a little bit of a class. Yeah, okay. Because I, I go to the gym every day. I work out five days a week. I hike on the weekends. And so... Uh, the, the, the sixth day I'm hiking. Yeah. Um, so I'm fairly active. Um, I don't really drink very much. So it's not like I, uh, I have a, a meal prep delivered to me t for two meals a day with the right amount of calories and various nutrients in. Uh -huh. And I read, a, I read a, a post on social media a couple of weeks ago. It said, when you're over the age of 50, you spend every day in the gym and on a permanent diet just to say 10 pounds overweight. <laughs> and it really resonated with me. Because when I think about it, you know, I'd like to be, I'd like to be, if I'm honest, I'd like to be five kilos lighter than I am. I'd like to be 80 kilos instead of 85 kilos. I'm 13% body fat at the moment and I'd like to be 10% body fat. I've gone down from 15. Um, but I find it a struggle. Yeah. And I find it a struggle um, because... The weekends come and my wife wants to go. Mine wants to go for dinner with friends and whatnot. And uh, what what food is out on the table tends to be the wrong type of food for me. I've just come back. I literally arrived this morning at seven a.m. from Uzbekistan. Uh -huh. And on that uh, uh, last night was my father-in-law's seventieth birthday party. I, I saw a tomato there, but the rest yeah, of it yeah. was pastries and cakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. It's always been for me a challenge, and I know many other people that I know find that a challenge too. So is intermittent fasting a practical solution for somebody like me or does it suit a different type of person? Absolutely. I think that intermittent fasting is the, one of the first most basic steps that anybody could take if they want to um, achieve an outcome like the, the one that you think. You want a body that has a lower body fat percentage, for example. You're not going to get there with one strategy. You're going to get there with a combination of them but intermittent fasting will be one of the first ones because it's very simple and it's very easy to, uh, to to do and it is very flexible and fits in your lifestyle the way that it works is like this 
Imagine that, um, I'll, I'll make a little analogy. Instead of thinking of food, imagine that you're coming back home from groceries, carrying lots of bags of groceries and they're all food inside. A couple of things, that three things you can, <clears throat> three things you can do with that. One, you get a small portion and you leave it on the table because you're gonna eat right now. All the rest is food for one hour from now, tomorrow you put in the fridge. Once the fridge is full, then the remaining stuff will go inside the freezer, right? This is the food that you eat six months from now, next month or long time. When your body's digesting, absorbing nutrients, similar things happen. If you ate a meal right now, it turns into energy in the digestive system. There are three things that the body can do with that energy. Little bit of that goes straight to your bloodstream because it keeps you alive right now. It's the food that you eat at the moment. All the excess goes to the body's fridge because of the energy that you're going to use one hour from now, three hours from now. The body's fridge is your liver and your muscle mass. But when the fridge is full, the remaining energy needs to go to the freezer and the freezer of the body is the fat cells. And then what happens if you start doing grocery all the time? If you do grocery all the time, you never empty the, the fridge. If you never empty the fridge, you're not going to take the things that are inside of the freezer. If you're eating all the time, you're not going to empty the body's fridge. And if you're not emptying the body's fridge, you're not going to get to the chance of opening the fat cells, opening the freezer and, and, and burning them. So this is more or less how the, how the intermittent fasting works. And we usually when we do this practice, you, you spend a time that is between 12 hours to 16 hours of fasting each day. So for example, a lot of people do commonly, they will stop eating at 8 p.m. I, I have my dinner 7, 7.30, last by the 8 p.m. From there, water only until 12 p.m. of the other day. So from 8 p.m. to, to 12 p.m., 16 yeah. hours. Now, while I'm sleeping, I'm also fasting. And in this period, I'm only uh, drinking water or black coffee, no sugar, no, no milk, or tea, no sugar, no milk. This, I'm fasting for 16 hours. When you're fasting, now you're changing the rules of your metabolism. You're giving the body a chance of opening the freezer, taking the stuff out because the fridge is empty. So now you're burning more fat. You're teaching the body to be better at burning fat. And then what you start seeing, for example, we have uh, the first studies that made intermittent fasting more popular came in 2008 from the University of Illinois. They were working with a group of people in a state of obesity and they said, you know, don't change what you eat. Ah, but I eat uh, this food, that food that I know it doesn't have. No, no, don't, don't focus on changing that right now. Let's change when you eat. Just have breakfast a few hours later, have dinner a few hours earlier. Let's see what happens. And then after eight weeks, these people were losing 3% of their body weight in fat, which is a great amount of body fat uh, burned. And then as the, the, the longer you go, the more of that, the effect that you see. Only by changing when you eat. The couple of things. You're eating all the same stuff. You're just condensing it to yep. a much shorter period of time. Then what exactly? What you're going to notice is one, you start feeling a little bit less hungry, a little bit more satiated because your meals are more are closer together. And so maybe you have a great breaking fast meal. You have a second meal. And by the time you're 30, you say, I'm not very hungry. And then there's less space for food. You're very satiated. And intuitively, you're decreasing the amount of calories that you eat. Now, is that, is that destroyed? Someone like me, black coffee is very bitter. Yeah. Okay. 
So black coffee with a sweetener inside it. Is that a, like a no-no? Are those things that, you know, tea with a piece of honey in it or, or, or something just to make it more palatable? Let's go into the nuance, right? There are two different types of intermittent fasting practices depending on the benefit you're looking for. Okay. There is one that is the caloric and the other is the metabolic intermittent fasting. Caloric intermittent fasting is for somebody who wants to lose a few pounds, a few kilos. Not a, a person who is, a, who is in a state of obesity. I say, I want to lose a f- five kilos, seven kilos, to be in a better shape. My health is already good. So what you do then is that during fasting, you don't have anything that is calories, which means the sweetener is allowed. I can add a zero calorie sweetener, stevia or something like that, my coffee, no problems at all. That is the other type that is a metabolic type of fasting that what you want is not to increase insulin in the body. And for you not to increase insulin, not only you're not going to have any type of carbohydrates while you're fasting, but you're not going to have anything that is sweet, including sweeteners, that even though it has no calories, it could raise uh, insulin. This is for somebody who is uh, concerned about a metabolic disease, diabetes, obesity, or even Alzheimer's. They, they, what they want is not so much, maybe not lose weight, but they want to make sure that metabolically the, the body is, is, is very well. Okay, so take me as the example. So I'm 52 years old, I'm 85 kilos, I'm 13% body fat, and I'd like to lose 5 kilos. They have can, can, caloric I, can I put a sweetener in my You coffee? put a sweetener, you don't put the honey, you don't put the sugar, you don't put the milk or cream. But I can put a sweetener. Sweetener, as long as zero calories, works, works well. Like a stevia thing. Yeah, yeah. like a stevia thing, for example. Okay. That, that will work for you. If you were because I I, I I can I can at nine o'clock at night not eat anything else, and I and I when I wake up in the morning normally I don't feel hungry. Yeah, people I go to the gym at five a.m. and people are like, do you eat before you go to the gym? I'm like no. Yeah, I don't feel like. And then I get back from the gym. I'm not hungry. I feel hungry at one, and that that gives you exactly sixteen hours and nine to one. Okay, so hours. so I do something similar to that already. Yeah. Okay, not not out of any crazy desire. It's just the the, the by, by the habit and nature and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you came and sat down and put a croissant in front of me, and said, "Oh, let's share this croissant," I wouldn't say no. So it's not like I'm not hungry. It's just that I'm not thinking about food. Exactly, exactly. So that if you do that consistently, now you're you're giving your body that metabolic state. The more fat is being burned from there. There are things that we can do to optimize this practice. Looking at one, what happens while I'm having food now? Because my fasting practice, if it is from 9 to 1, for example, fantastic. 16 hours, this is one of the things that improve my metabolism, my abilities of burning fat. If I want to now optimize the practice, now we are looking at not only when you eat, but also what you eat, why you eat, how much and how. So the, the main point here, say, ah, okay, people come with the question, should I cut carbs? Should I go paleo? Should I go vegan? Before we even talk, talk about types of diets, types of food, the next skill to be developed is getting to know your food. You need to have that skill that when you're having a, a, a plate of food, you should be able to identify what is there and what is that thing made of? Is that, where's the fiber? Where's the protein? What is carbohydrate? What is fat? I have a friend, for example, she was diagnosed with diabetes type 2, and the doctor said, you need to eat more fiber. She said, okay, I understand. And then she came home, and then months later, she came back to the doctor, uh, 
insulin and glucose control even worse. And the doctor said, you need to eat more fiber. I said, okay. And then she came to me and she was ashamed. She said, I don't know what food's fiber is. We would say we're more fiber. What, what yeah. is that? So there, there is a skill before we even make food choices to develop. That is when I eat a piece of food for one week, I'm going to be a little bit meticulous. Let's say I'm having a salad, chicken. I list these things down. And then I look them up. If, if they come in a box with a nutritional value table, I look at the, at the is, and I ask myself a question. What is this? Is this a source of carbohydrates? Is this a source of protein? How much fiber, fiber does it have? Ah, it has a bit, of, a bit of fat, a bit of protein. Okay, I'm starting to get to know my food. I say, okay, there is a, a, piece, a piece of, of chicken breast here. That's pure protein. I'm eating lentils there. Oh, there's a lot of fiber there. I'm eating a piece of apple. More sugar, not so much fiber. I start to understand what my food is made of. Once I spend some time, I either looking at the nutritional label, there's an app that, or Google that you can use to find that information. Then you have much more power to make food choices. Okay. Easy. So let's come back to me again. Yeah. I'm the guy that looks at those things in the supermarket. I look at those labels and I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh -huh. So it might say three grams of fat or three grams of sugar. I don't know whether that's a lot, not a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm literally that guy that goes, oh, yeah, well, it's green. So it looks okay. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. Says the no yeah. additives. No additives. Good. Thumbs up. Yeah, no winner. Yeah. <laughs> so you, are you, how you start? I am I typical? Them? No, no, no. That's exactly what happens to everybody. Yeah, so I am typical then. Exactly. It's not, we, we don't learn how to feed and take care of our bodies at school or anywhere else. So uh, we get to that time, we don't know how to navigate to those things. So a couple of, of how to give a, a compass, what we were looking for in the beginning. The first improvement of each meal would be by giving more of what is good. Instead of removing what is not, we give more of what is good. And when we're talking about giving more of what is good, we're talking about hydration, that is easy, fiber and protein. Then fiber and protein, if we're approximately say, okay, what is optimal for my body? I will look for more or less 30 grams of protein per meal and 30 grams of fiber per day. So now if I have that in mind and I look at something and say, okay, this meal over here has a type of food, I have five grams of protein in there. If my goal is to uh, achieve 30 per meal, that is not my best friend. Uh, what types of food can I have 30 grams of protein in one serving? I'll be looking at probably types. If, if I eat animal foods, I'll be looking at, at meats, usually. Ah, but eggs, for example. This is where we started learning the differences. Ah, but eggs, source of protein. But each one has five grams. So I need to eat six eggs, for example. So, ah, okay, so that will not be my, so, my main source. So start looking at, at those things in understanding. Then I'll look for fiber and I'll see, okay, I'm eating a piece of bread. Maybe it's going to give me three grams of fiber. If I need 30 for a whole day, maybe it's not my main source. Ah, there's beans here. There's lentils. They give me 20 grams of fiber for once. Ah, I start understanding those things. Once I'm there, you know, I think, ah, what about carbohydrates? What about fats? Once I start prioritizing fiber and protein, you realize there'll be less space for the other things that are quote unquote unhealthy or bad foods. And people come and say, I don't know how I'll ever let go of the croissant or the pizza or the this and that because I just love those things. I can't let go of them. Once you start to have the 
amount, adequate amount of protein and fiber, blood sugar more, more constant, and your desire for food changes. All of a sudden, I don't want that thing anymore. It's not hard for me not to have that or to have less. And then carbohydrates and fats almost adjust themselves naturally. You have just explained that in a way that is very simple, very easy to follow and understand. So if it's that easy, why isn't everyone doing it? Ah, that's, that's, the, that's the juicy question that I like because the fundamentals, the ch transforming the body is about doing the basics well done. If you ask 2,000 people, what should you do to improve it? Everybody knows. Ah, okay, I eat a bit more protein, natural food, sleep a little better, movement, everybody. Why don't I do it? Then the, 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 the whole thing is in the, Psychology. in the mind state. There are different patterns that we have when we talk about beliefs. So how do I see my body? How do I see food? They create an internal conflict between the new habits that I want to adopt and this old sense of identity that says, I am not a healthy person. I'm going to become you know, that the annoying, healthy person, or I'm completely disconnected with my body. I don't even care about it. You know, there are different patterns and, and they come like this. I was working with one lady uh, that had lactose intolerance, for example. She knew that eating anything that came from dairy products made her really bad. At the point, sometimes she would go to the, to the hospital with diarrhea, things like that. Even so, fully aware, could never let go of that. And we were working. Well, never get, never let go of, of consuming lactose. Yeah, she would every Even now and then. Even though it made her sick and was said, yeah, every now and then, it's okay. I, I know it's not good. Cheese is there. I know it's not good. Ice cream is there. Sometimes she'd go to the, to the hospital and spend, you know, a day, more than two days there. And the doctor would say, if you keep this up, you're going to die. And she knew and she didn't like that, but she wouldn't be able to control. So is that a situation that I know what I should be doing? My problem is with the doing of the things. How do you work with that? The, the, the solution here is n let's find a cheese that is dairy free. No, it's not like that. Ah, let's eat more broccoli. No, it's not like that. It's like, what is the journey of you and your body since, since we're a child? What, what happened there? What happened to you? What happened to the body? And when, once you go there, uh, we were having that conversation. And this is a lady that suffered with sexual assault, for example. Very uh, traumatized, traumatized, sensitive things. Luckily for her, she recovered. She received a lot of love and, and support from family and friends. Now she talks openly about that. Not a, not a, a uh, something that affects her anymore. But at that time, unconsciously, there was a pattern that worked, there was, I went through a big crisis when I was a child, people came and gave me love. So crisis equals love. What if I have no problems in my life? Will still people come and show up for me? And so her fear was that unconscious, was not, was not something that she was aware of. But her fear is maybe if I'm in a great state, there will be no reasons for people to come and show me love. So. When she was getting better by letting go of dairy for a couple of days, she would get a little bit anxious and go back to that feeling sick and people come, ah, no, we're here with you. Then she would get a little bit better, give up that thing, and then get a little bit anxious and go back to that loop. And then it's by getting aware of that, getting aware of that story and realizing that I am no longer 
that child that suffered that. Now, she was a strong woman. She can give herself love. She doesn't need to be in a problem in order to receive love and attention. Like she can get aware of the this defense mechanism and let go of those old strategies that one day served her very well. But right now, they are obsolete. It's not our fault, this kind of thing. It's the lack of awareness. And then when you, when you send the body journey that you have, you start finding what we call dysfunctional behaviors, dysfunctional patterns. That is, I know I should be, you know, I take care of all my uh, nutrition throughout the week. Weekend, I kind of lose it. And then I go back to the same, there's a pattern there. If there's a pattern there, one day, it served you really well. We want to know when did you learn that? And how did it serve you well? And how can you let go of that? Because the problem that you used to have then is no longer true. So it's more of a psychological work rather than a body. Okay, so as you're saying this, and then again, I'm just trying, because the audience will know me. It's like, I look at my wife, okay? And so everything that I eat that's bad, I blame my wife for. Yeah. And my wife is stick thin. She can eat anything at any time. She doesn't put weight on. She's, she's you know, in that respect, it doesn't matter. She never has to worry about her weight. So I, on a, because I'm good all week long, on a Saturday, um, I love the ice cream. And so I'm, I'm allowed my ice cream on a Saturday. But actually, I don't think about my ice cream until my wife says to me, are you going to get your ice cream today? Yeah. And then I go and get my ice cream or she comes with me and has an ice cream with me. And so I'm just trying to understand the psychology yeah. here. Because if, if, yeah. if, if I put it into my, my brain, it's like, I don't need the ice cream. Okay. Sophia and I go off and film in different places. So, so we're, when, when we're on the road and we film in different places, then I consume different foods. Mm. And I make an excuse. Well, what else can you get in a hotel but a club sandwich? Yeah. With fries. Yeah. And ketchup and mayonnaise, you know. Uh -huh. There can't be anything else on the menu apart from deep fried food. It's like, well, that's what you're going to get when you're on the road. And, and it's this self-talk that I have around that to try and, to try and either justify why it's okay or then the talk that I have afterwards, I beat myself up about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, I talk myself into it. I give myself shit for doing it, so I regret. It's like buyer's remorse, isn't it? I regret afterwards. That ice cream, all the way through the ice cream, is three scoops. This, this is how bad it is. It's called Love Potion, Baseball Nut, and Coffee. Jamocha Almond Fudge is called. They're the three flavors I had in there. Uh -huh. Every single time, the, th the three same flavors. I eat it, I love it in the moment. As soon as I finished it, I go, why did I eat that? You love it, but it doesn't love you back, huh? Yeah, because I know, after I've eaten it, that I just consumed an innate amount of sugar and crap, basically. But while I'm eating it, I'm like, yeah. And I sit and I kind of like have a little bit of a happy dance to myself while I'm eating it. I might be yeah. in the car and I was... That's actually, I'm, I'm sharing this with you, not that I tell anybody else. What's going when, on? When is the first time that you learned that type of, of pattern? If you go back to a time in memory, where, what comes to your mind? When, when, I, when I was a kid, we used to have the ice cream van. Uh, and it used to come down the street playing the music. And when I was young, my mum was never there, um, was never there during the week because she was still working. I come from a single parent household. So my, I was at home on my own. 
and it would come down the street and my 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 friends or the other kids in the street would run out with their mum and their dad and mum would have her purse taken out and i i ended up i can't even believe i'm going to say this on camera i ended up my mum had a jar in the back of her wardrobe where she collected 20 pence pieces and i would steal the 20 pence pieces so that i could go and get an ice cream and so I used to run, I used to sit there, I'd hear it come in and I would never be the first in the list because I'd go through this dilemma of like, I shouldn't, I should, I shouldn't, I should. And I'd just go, I'd go and get one 20 pence piece and then I'd be the last one just before he finished and I'd run and I'm 99 please, you know, and whatever it was and I'd get my flake in the ice cream. And it was, it was almost like, and I ate it on my own. I didn't eat it. Huh? Yeah. So there's... I can't believe I'm even thinking about this right now. It's There's actually... a little feeling of solitude there. And see, maybe that sucks a bit. But that's the time that I, that I, that I feel that space with something that is very stimulating. Huh? I'm, I'm even uh, up to doing something to break the rules over here. Yeah. To be, to have that time with that, that, that is fulfilling. That, that. Because maybe, you know, my mom is not here. And I'm not feeling very well connected. That thing fills up that space. Ah, it's the pleasure that I get in that space that I... Yeah, but was it that or was it maybe a, a, a fuck you? Almost to my mum for not it being could, there. It could be, why not? I'm gonna like, you know what, I'm going to do have this. this ice cream. I'm going to do this. And when I where? eat it really quick. And even now, today, I eat everything really quickly. And where is that fuck you at this moment right now? In the weekend? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like, where is that pattern coming back at the moment? I never thought about that. You can I've never, ever discussed this. Yeah, and it may realize that, hey, you know what? Right now, my when my wife invites me for for ice cream or something, I'm I'm getting the same need that uh, myself as a child had. And I am trying to fulfill that right now as if I still had the same problem. I still needed to say, you know what? I'm going to do this. No, watch me do this. You know, I'm going to do this. And, 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 the, uh, and the fault is yours. No, you, you should feel bad about that. that. That kind of thing, right? It's almost like we talk about eating disorders in a, in a, in a grand way. Because we talk about eating disorders either in, in many respects as either anorexia or chronic obesity. Yeah. That's, 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 that's where it gets kind of like visualized and it gets placed, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I had gastric band because I was chronically obese. I, 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 I had eating disorder, which meant I couldn't face food and I became bulimic, anorexic, whatever, yeah, the extremes. But there's, there's almost a disorder in this conversation, isn't it? Yeah, there's eating disorder and there's disorder eating. Eating disorder is clinically diagnosed. Okay. Disorder eating is the path there, right? Is, the, is what happens to me and to you. There's not clinically diagnosed, but it still is disorder. Yeah, because and it's that thing is not something that you want, right? Oh, it's something that it makes me feel bad after. As a constant, I, I, it is not. I cannot avoid. I know that I'm gonna fail. So at the end of the day, it's not something that you want, but it's something that you feel you need, because back then it served you. See, my 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 mum and my dad retired to Cyprus, and in Cyprus you eat Greek salad. Yeah, and Greek salad is a combination of. Tomatoes, cucumber, red onions, olives, olive oil, and feta cheese. Yeah. Okay, now feta cheese, to me, tastes like chalk. Uh-huh. All right? I can't stand it. It's horrible. So whenever a Greek salad comes, the block of feta cheese I put on my dad's plate. Uh-huh. All right? I'm like, if we could have that. But 
I can eat a bowl of that salad with some balsamic vinegar on and some salt and pepper, ice cold uh, cucumber, tomato and red, red onion and olives all day, every day. And if, 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 if I had the choice right now of the ice cream or the bowl of salad, I choose the bowl of salad because I actually enjoy that more. Yeah. In after the cream. You me think about all kinds of crazy things <laughs> right now. It's like, it's like, it's really digging into me. It's like, it's digging into me thinking about food. It's like, so the, the intermittent fasting, it's almost like we started on the second part, didn't we? We started, yeah. you know, once you've recovered from the psychology or you've, <laughs> you've, you've dealt with the psychology, then you can move on to their strategies and intermittent and fasting is one of them. Is that fair? But the psychology will only show up once you're trying to implement a strategy and it's not working. Okay, good point. Because yeah. I'm trying to implement, but I keep on breaking because this is happening. Ah, so if you keep on breaking this functional pattern, now let's open that up. Because if we go back, okay, let's talk about the relationship with nothing will come out. We need some material to work on. So I have a friend of mine, one of my closest friends, and we like he likes to go out for dinner on a Saturday night. And because I hike on a, on a Saturday morning, I don't go out Saturday, a Friday night. Yeah. So Saturday night is my only night of the week to go out. And he will send me a message saying, are you coming out for dinner on Saturday night with our wives? Okay. And I'm like, yes, yeah, sure, I'm free. Are you drinking? Yes or no? Okay. And the reason he asked the question is that he won't come out for dinner unless I have a glass of wine with him. Uh... Because he says, you're boring unless you have a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I went through many years of not drinking at all. Uh -huh. But now I have a glass of wine or two with him. Yeah, you're so much more fun when you have a glass of wine. And But then one or two glasses of wine leads to, are we having dessert? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, your appetite. So, it's like, it's, you made a really good point. So it's like almost like I've got to win a battle, but then the battle only shows up really when I test myself. Mm -hmm. And when I test myself, it becomes apparent. Then I have to go back to understand the psychology, open it up, deconstruct, see what's happening there. Okay, so how do you how do you help people with that? There, there's one. There are different sessions that we have. Either if it is an online course, I describe these exercises through videos. So we have one program called the Whole Body Course. It's a holistic health program that we work on different habits of exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress. And as people are finding their patterns, they have a couple of the psychological tools. One of them is called the Body Relationship Journey. Yeah. One of them is called the Body Relationship Journey. And this is when you plot your story with the body. Imagine that you've seen a child, you list down all the positive emotions that you had in relationship to your body and all the negative events. And then uh, over a horizontal line, you put the positive here and the negative here, and you just connect the dots and see, okay, these are reasons why I was frustrated with my health or with my body or things that happened that were dysfunctional. I started getting, ah, there is a type of pattern that keeps on showing up. So this is one of the... Uh, the tools that give you a insight. When we do this one-on-one, we have this conversation and, and there are other, other uh, tools that we can use to start, okay, going back to the story, going back to the belief, going back to the, uh, to the, the pattern of thought that is there. And the beautiful thing is that just the awareness of what is happening starts to dissolve the, the habit that is in the present moment. Don't need, okay, from that understanding, what are all these steps? How do I program my mind? The NLP, da da da. Those things can help, but the main, the 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 main impact 
on current behaviors coming from the awareness of, ha, I used to do this as a defensive mechanism. It's not needed anymore. And then that thing loses its strength in the present moment. Wow. Yeah. It's considering the pandemic that exists relating to the problem with people, you know, <clears throat> with food. Yeah. And, you know, I saw recently there was a guy uh, on, on social media that was teaching his clients to go to the gym. And so he made him get dressed every morning and go to the gym, but only stay there for five minutes and go home. And six weeks later, he taught him the habit of getting up and going to the gym, which I really buy into, you know, yeah, I really yeah, buy yeah. into like, you know, the guy's there for five minutes. And then it was like six weeks later, now we can, now we can cover 15 minutes and get into a point where he's creating habit forming exercises. And, and for me, I, I, that that's. That's a discipline, I think, that's based upon what I know. Because my personal trainer uh -huh. is at the gym. Oh, so I train at 5 a.m. every day, yeah? Yeah. Unless he's traveling. Yeah. And so if he's traveling, I don't train at 5 a.m. But I, I refuse to let him down and not show up. Uh -huh. I refuse. I will never, 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 never not be there. It doesn't matter what's happened to me the night before. I will be there, mm -hmm. all right? And I need him to be there, okay, for, for me to have that discipline. I won't let him down. But when it when it comes to food, and then the, the trainer's there with me. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's, he's there, so I turn up, he's there, he's with me. He, and this is why I think it's important, it's trying to understand the differences here. With food, you have all of these opportunities to cheat yourself. You have all of these opportunities to, you know, in very simplistic form, you know, the devil and the angel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know what's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, okay? And you can delve into all of the reasons why it's the right thing to do. You also know what the wrong thing to do is. There was a lady that used to work for me that said to me at the end of most days, I didn't eat anything all day, you know? And I would be like, when I saw you in the car park with a chocolate twist and a cafe latte at 7.30 this morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you didn't eat anything, right? And I'm like, What's that story? You know, is that a story where nobody can see me, so it doesn't count? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's only a little snack that doesn't count as food. That is another another story that we tell ourselves, that we bypass the the judgment of the mind. If I if I was to work with you, uh -huh. do you think, based upon what you've learned from the conversation so far, do you think you can help me overcome my, my, my in real terms, small struggle, to get to to get to the outcome that I want, likely yes, we would we would use all the tools to find out what is there, and the likelihood is that we're going to find we're going to use tools that we haven't used before, get insights that we haven't had before. Another thing that would be very nice to work on is this idea that when my trainer is there, I go. When my trainer is not there, I may not. That is something that is interesting as well, because that that what what that can tell that what the may tell is that. My connection with my body is one of accountability. Yeah. Right? When there's somebody expecting me to do it, I do it. But when maybe mom's not at home, I'll go get the coins and buy the ice cream. Right? Yeah. When the tra trainer's not there, I'm, I'm not going to do this. And then that is valid and works, but it's still a lot of extrinsic motivation. When that happens, so I'm working with a lady uh, from Canada, 
and uh, a big executive there. And the whole idea is the same type of, I work when somebody's here with me and I, I work with her online. We don't work even physically and she's now super engaged. But the main thing is that we were all asking, we were talking about what do you use your body for? What is your body for? And when we went to the bottom line of that things, I'm leaving my head a lot. My body is the means of transportation of the head, right? To yeah. take my head to meetings. That's the only, if that is how I connect <laughs> my body, it's very hard for me to intrinsically motivate myself to go to the gym when the trainer is not there because I lack of that connection. And so we are starting to talk about how, you know, why does, doesn't that work? How, what is areas that you are successful in your life? Business, relationships. How does that work? I have clear goals. I know what I want to achieve and I, I go towards them. How is your routine? Um, how is the, um, your relationship with your body and healthy habits? I have a couple of things here. I keep on repeating that. It totally takes her out of her genius. Her genius is I do different things. I, I dare and I you know, go on adventures and business relationships. I have my clear vision. I, I have fun doing those things. I go aggressive. No wonders why there's no connection with the body because the body could be, she's completely out of the, the traits of personality that make her thrive. There is no motivation there. So we, th we thought about, you know, what if your connection with your body were to reflect your core values, adventure, drive, daring, what would that look like? See, what would be something that in four months from now, would be a crazy, daring idea they'll be able to engage your body with. They said, you know what? I, two weeks later, she came up with the answer. I want to cross the the um, circle, uh, circle, the polar Arctic circle. Yeah. Finland, uh, the Lapland area. Yeah, yeah. With my own feet. Now, I have difficult to, 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 you know, move right now. But that is the daring thing. Once that changes, she goes to the gym by herself. Because now it's like I'm not doing this job of my work because the trainers expect. No, I'm changing my connection with my body. My body will now give me the value that I that I look for in other areas of my life. Adventure and daring and, and you know, pushing. She's in two weeks from now doing a Spartan race. Something that COVID, last year was unthinkable. Last year was, but then changing that connection with the body. The body is not only to carry the mind around. Is, is to do give me that daring experience and because there are core values to me now there's intrinsic values and ah, now she's she's running three times in a week going to the gym for a strength training other two times having a morning routine she bought kettlebells to do things at home not because she has to but because now she found a way to want that so that would be something interesting to look at for you what would be the ways that <coughs> would connect your fitness health regimen core values what would that look like how would you change the connection with your body how would you experience your body as something that oh, i really want to do this ronan i think you found a new customer <laughs> <laughs> that would be my pleasure brother it's been great brainstorming this with you and talking about what you do and and i can't even believe i've kind of like given you all the stuff i've given you it's made me think a lot about myself so thank you so much for coming to join us today and sharing these insights it's really valuable i had i had fun thank you so much for good man yeah Let's <laughs> go.